Okay, well, now I feel like you're just interested in winning an argument and not actually having no, a conversation no, with me. No, no, that's absurd. No, so. no, no. This could be fun. There's a lot of couples that do different religions and relationships. It's very common. Okay, sometimes when you set your mind on something, it feels like you have tunnel vision, and then I don't feel I have the space to object. We're just... We're doing. This is what we're. We're just talking. Yeah, you're saying that we're talking, but this is your project. It's not like I really have a say. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh hell yeah! Hell yeah! Quick, quick, quick! Hey, Please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love no playing there. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? Hey, right, welcome back to Swish FM. Chris Mendelkin, Ben Craw. Ben, I have an update for you. Oh, okay. I know last episode you were hoping wondering um wishing that whammy's daughter would leave us a five-star review Mm -hmm, that's right in apple podcasts yeah um well i am going to our swish fm podcast page in apple podcasts and i am not seeing anything Ugh. New from uh, a uh, daughter of Whammy. I have. That's uh, uh, really disappointing. A five star review from May 19th from D- K. Welke. Mm-hmm. Uh, five stars, best around. Always a great part of my week. Another one from a year ago Slam Dunk. Love this pod. Love Chris. Love yeah. Ben. Total mm-hmm. pros. Yep. Five stars. Another one. Uh, Doesn't seem that hard to do, really. It just takes another one like. From a year ago. The best. Love these guys. Love this pod. Yeah, Seems easy we're enough. not asking for a lot here. This is this takes literally thirty seconds of your she time. She could do it. She could shouldn't, do it if she wanted to. She really shouldn't be that that hard. Uh, you know, if she needs a little help from her father, like that's fine. You know, like you don't. You know, if you if you if it has to be a group effort, if you need yeah. to phone a friend, whatever you need to do to to get it done. Um, yeah, we're not asking for a lot here. Uh, I mean, even a, a, a rating. Now, I have a, actually I have a question, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, when I open my, uh, my podcast app on my Apple iPhone, um, and I go to, uh, the Swish FM podcast and I see Mm -hmm. the ratings and reviews, you know, I got to scroll down a little bit. It's kind of confusing. Sometimes you have to like click on the show instead of a specific episode. Um, yeah. Now when I open when i when i scroll down to the ratings and reviews section it always says tap to rate and there's five blank stars um inviting me as if i had never done this before i've probably hit that five star button like i don't know as though you were a baby 30 times in my life um and i can Mm -hmm. i can never tell if it's like recorded um and that's confusing to me and i'm wondering if you have any insight into that your taps what's that if i have a record into your taps how many times you've tapped yeah or like so 
I'm doing it right now, and it said rating added. Thank you. Um, but then the number of ratings, it says 120 yeah. ratings. That number doesn't seem to change. Uh, so it hasn't moved to 121 yet, is what has not moved saying. to 121. Uh, I'm trying. I, if I go back and then right. I click back in, now the stars are back to blank again. Um, yeah, I'll do the same. Yeah, and I'm rating curious. added. Thank you. Yeah. Now I remember leaving a review for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, I think very. Maybe it detects that that you've already rated and reviewed the show. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I wish that it would tell me that, though. I wish it would say, "Oh, hey, we already got your rating. You don't need to keep We're doing good. it." Like, yeah. um, we know how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe the stars should be like already filled in, you know, signifying that I've already performed this exercise, so I don't need to do it again. Um, can I leave multiple reviews? Is that possible? Oh, no. It says yeah. you can edit a review. Oh, I see. So when you click on the little write a review button, um, yeah. now it brings up the the review that I wrote um, with, along with my five-star rating. Um, oh, wow. So, you, so I can, you could sort of change your opinion. I guess I can edit it. Yeah, that's weird. But then can I send it again? Let's see if I click send. What happens there? It says sent. Thanks for your feedback. Um, all right. I don't know. That's all very confusing. But uh, but really, it's not very confusing for um, you start. know a first-time listener who obviously has not left a review or rating yet. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward platform system um as a baby could do it it's that easy literally a baby could do it um all you have to do is type a few characters in um you know push a push a a finger onto a uh a certain point on the phone to to hit that five star and yeah not that she has to leave a five-star review if she thinks it's only worthy of four stars you know listen uh uh, you it's know that that would that would obviously be disappointing, but um, but it's her opinion and she's entitled to it. Um, just any kind of feedback—that's all we're looking for here. Just yeah. you know, let us know that that we exist and that you you know that we matter to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, baby whammy. Um, we are going to be t- discussing the rehearsal today. Yep. Not a lot <laughs> happening in the NBA world. I mean, we're as, trying to give her some content that's going to appeal to her, at least. As you know, um, young little whammy, there isn't a hell of a lot happening in the NBA. So we've been Has doing... Has Joseph uh, Sy uh, fired the entire management and ownership of the uh, Brooklyn Nets yet to appease Kevin Durant? He refuses to do it. Ugh. He refuses to do it. Um, and the standoff I know... continues. I know that makes you proud, Ben. I know that you were in Joseph Sy's corner. You have yes. been this whole time in yeah. the uh, Kevin Durant Joseph Sy showdown. He must enforce his authority. But he's yeah, he's holding his ground. But anyways, we're going to be talking about the rehearsal again today. This yep. is um, what did, what do we land on, Ben? The recapables, TV corner. It, it's it's all of those things, right? Because it's not the rewatchables, because that's specifically reserved for uh, film rewatching. Uh, rewatching. Yeah. Um, so I think this recapables. Is first time, yeah, this is a first time recap. Yeah. of a TV show. Yeah, I like recapables. That that feels original and fresh and yeah. appropriate. <laughs> and, our, and ours and our own. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so we're talking about the rehearsal again today. Uh, for anyone listening who isn't caught up, we're going to be talking about episode five, which is called Apocalypto. So now would be the point to hit pause, go watch the show, and then resume our yep. podcast episode. Go subscribe um, to HBO Max. They desperately yep. need your money, uh, apparently, because they are just disappearing uh, full franchises of movies from their catalog wild uh, <laughs> what is going on there absolutely wild has man. nathan feeler like bankrupted hbo is that what happened i don't understand Ugh, it's yeah. very depressing it's it's yeah it's it's so sad what they're doing yeah but yeah. um yeah we're talking about the rehearsal this is nathan fielder's documentary comedy tv series um where he helps Ordinary people rehearse difficult life situations, conversations, events through the use of sets and props and actors and real life rehearsal situations. Um, And yeah, so we're in episode five this week. We're talking about uh, the episode titled Apocalypto, Ben. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Nathan, let's summarize it really quick and then we can kind of dive into it. Nathan decides to um, assert himself, I guess you would say, in his relationship (laughs) with Angela. The funny thing is that he doesn't actually decide to assert himself. Yeah. He is guilted into it by his parents uh, Mm -hmm. originally and then further guilted into it by the Jewish tutor that he hires to educate his fake son. None of this is actually something that he instigates or initiates himself. It's all just trying to appease others around him in the least mm-hmm. confrontational and least uncomfortable manner possible, which, of course, which is wildly backfires. Wildly uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's that expression, I remember, I think, in some, like, maybe political science class in college. I, I first heard it where someone was like, there is action in inaction. Mm-hmm. Like whether or not you choose to cast a vote in this election, yeah. you're, ha- you're having, you're participating in it, whether you decide to everything you do. Yeah. As a, as a political yeah. calculation and has a political meaning. Consequences. Yeah. yeah. If you, if you say to someone, Oh, well I'm not political. So I have no comment on that issue. Guess what? You're taking you a position. You're taking a position. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. So so um, Angela, we now know throughout through the first four episodes, she's been sort of uh, out outspoken, I guess you would say, or just has like sort of dropped these nuggets where it's become very clear that she has some um, she has some specific views about christianity and also just about like the devil like Mm -hmm. and like demons yeah 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 Yeah. just sort of like mysticism in general Mm -hmm. um also mixed in with some aromatherapy aromatherapy right (laughs) and of course dance yes and then in this episode it becomes really clear that um i forget how exactly it came up but i think she was saying that she wanted to homeschool their child Adam and wanted it to be like a faith-based curriculum, mm-hmm. like a Christian-based um, homeschool uh, curriculum, mm-hmm. and that sort of 
forced Nathan to sort of um, decide how he felt about it. And he, Nathan Fielder was saying that he grew up Jewish and it, it suddenly like dawns on him that maybe it would be important for him to have his son also know about his faith as well as like the faith of his mom. And so... Well, yeah, again, it dawns on him because his parents come for a visit and realize that he's raising a fake son with a fake partner uh, in a Christian fake household, and they don't really appreciate that, and they urge their son Nathan to try to introduce his traditions and his upbringing uh, and, and, and religion and introduce that into this fake, <laughs> completely fake scenario. Um, and so Nathan is, to be clear, fully guilted into this by his parents, yeah. Yes. Yes. So Nathan, um, again, not, you know, he's sort of uh, resistant to um, conflict, doesn't have the courage to sort of push back with Angela and say, like, actually, it's very important to me or to my parents that our child also be Jewish. So he sneaks his child away and instead of taking his child to swimming lessons, which is what Angela thinks he's bringing his child to um, a Hebrew tutor and bringing the child to temple for, uh, for services. And um, that is like the central conflict, I guess, yes. of the show. Yes. And in order to has con- been... conceal this lie, he's yes. dumping bottles of water <laughs> on his fake son's head uh to me and quizzing him about uh you know what the lifeguard looked like and uh what the color of the ceiling of the swimming pool was as he does the backstroke Mm. uh in order to sell (laughs) the lie (laughs) that uh that he's just taking young adam to swimming lessons and not to any sort of a uh you know alternative religious educational uh you know program yeah (laughs) <laughs> All right, so man, what did so what did you think of the episode? Um, I, I it was an incredible episode. Um, it wasn't quite, it didn't quite have the holy shit jaw dropping moment of episode four. Um, so initially, I was kind of like a little underwhelmed, but then uh, you know, on the second and perhaps third viewing, I gave it, I, it really grew on me. And I think it's the most impact for me. It was like the most impactful episode. Yeah. It, basically I feel like with each episode, he's getting kind of like closer and closer or just further and further down the road of, um, self-reflection and introspection and kind of addressing in real time, all of the debate and controversy, that is swirling around the show, like online and on uh, programs such as this, um, where people are, you know, endlessly dissecting and and analyzing uh, this show. Um, And yeah, I mean, we we have to talk, I think, about fake Angela, um, Hmm. who is an absolutely uh, incredible actress named, um, uh, what is her name? Shit. Uh, I just had it. Um, Anna, let me just double check this. You can edit this out because I was just looking her up. Um, Anna La Madrid. Wait, so her name is not Angela. Uh, her name is not Angela. Wait, no, we're, we're talking about fake Angela, not real Angela. Oh, fake Angela, fake yeah, Angela. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the actress that uh, presumably a graduate of the Fielder Method School um, 
uh, the actress that Nathan hires to portray real Angela so that he can practice his uh, conversations, rehearse, that is, his, his conversations about introducing Judaism into <laughs> Adam's life um, and uh, so that he can, you know, be more comfortable about uh, having that conversation with real Angela. So he hires this fake uh, Angela, this actress played by a real actress named Anna La Madrid, who's been in uh, a handful of television shows. She was um, great, I thought. She was incredible. Like, she's, like, by far... I mean, there have been a lot of, like, really impressive, like, um, 15-year-old Adam, uh, that that actor who, whose name I forget, was really strong. And uh, obviously, we, we talked last episode about... Um, uh, oh, fuck, what was his name? The guy that uh, plays the paramedic. Um, uh, oh, the act- Thomas. Thomas, yeah. I love Thomas. But for my money, fake Angela is by far the, the best out of all the fake uh, actors that, that <laughs> Nathan has fakes. used. Um, she was incredible. She got Angela's like energy and mannerisms. Like, th- like honestly, she had me like from the first scene where yeah. Nathan says something to her and she's like on her laptop and then she immediately slams the laptop shut to like signal like, oh, yeah. we're having this conversation. Like that was such an Angela move. Like it was just uh, impeccable. Um, anyway, she's incredible and she has like... Again, I think basically the most poignant and kind of like honest moment in the entire show um, up to this point is the the fight that that she has with Nathan. Um, I mean, I don't know if we, if we want to talk about anything else before we build up to that, because that is kind of like the climax of the, well, not quite the climax, but for me, like the kind of like kernel, like the kind of like mm-hmm. sort of like, uh, you know, seed of, of the entire episode um, is this rehearsal of a conversation um that actually turns out to be sort of more revealing and and truthful than than any other conversation that's had um but um yeah i mean yeah i i definitely want to talk about that i mean um yeah let's talk about that because that's just that's just where we are right now yeah okay so basically right so Nathan's trying to prepare uh, for confronting real Angela about, uh, you know, introducing Judaism and maybe celebrating Hanukkah as well as Christmas um, and all this stuff. And um, and the fake Angela at one point. um, So this is after like this is like a little bit later on in the episode. I think by now there's already been the showdown between um, the tutor uh, whose name is. Fuck, what is her name? Uh, I should have prepared all this stuff better. Um, Miriam, is it? Miriam, yes. Uh, Miriam is, is the is the uh, Jewish tutor. Uh, and again, because Nathan is a uh, chicken shit weasel, instead of uh, confronting Angela about uh, her faith, he has Miriam come to the house and have a conversation ab- about her. Uh, or sorry, with her about that, um, which doesn't go that great and ends with Miriam accusing Angela being an anti-Semite and kind of like storming out, at which point uh, Angela says um, that Nathan has a problem with lying. He lies a lot. He does. Um, And Nathan basically listens to that and doesn't have any response whatsoever, just stands there silently and absorbs it, uh, which I found very telling. Um, And then anyway, so then later on, um, he's he's like kind of rehearsing. Oh, that's what, right. So... uh, 
after afterward so yeah so after after the 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 confrontation between angela and miriam in which angela says nathan has a problem with lying he lies a lot nathan then retreats to his fake bar um which she is now renamed um uh to uh nate's nate's lizard lizard lounge lounge, i believe uh, because he could no longer legally use the name alligator lounge uh so he's there drowning his uh you know his his sorrows uh in a fake bar, um, which I guess is not populated by like some real people from the rural uh, Oregon area that he's in, um, but also uh, is giving work to some of his uh, actors, including Thomas, uh, who's now making pizzas <laughs> in his yeah, fake again, bar. This is a replica. Bar, <laughs> this is a replica bar set with an 82 foot enclosed walkway <laughs> that leads to the outside world. So, like, passerbys can actually just mistakenly... Yeah, just go into the... Just thinking it's a bar. Like, like, yeah, just stumble upon this place, think (laughs) it's, like, a pub, and, like, walk down, like, an 82-foot With no windows, like, once they get in there. um, Yeah, Walk through, like, an 80-foot, 82-foot, like, tunnel hallway without windows (laughs) that leads... To what is an exact, <laughs> exact replica replica of the Brooklyn bar of the Alligator Lounge, yeah. a bar from Williamsburg. Yeah. Um, yeah, just incredible. Yeah. Anyway, so while Nathan's in this bar, he's reviewing footage on his laptop um, of all the cameras set up around the house, and he's realizing that um, Angela is in fact not taking the experiment seriously. Uh, that when he's not there. She's not even pretending to be a mother to um, her various, uh, you know, uh, child actor, uh, you know, uh, portraying her son. Um, And she's really just kind of like blowing the whole thing off and like not actually, which of course is like proof that like she's an actually normal human being. Because what, what human, what, what regular person would actually be completely committed and devoted to... Right living out this and like you know playing out this experiment faithfully um of course like she's just a regular like you know person who's like hey how's it going like oh what's your real name oh and where do you live like she's just you know like anyway, yeah that made me else. like her more like it yeah. made me just be like yeah she's like not a fucking weirdo i mean yeah. like i mean she is a weirdo to be clear but she's also like just a like, normal weirdo here's my thing we're all weirdos yes like, yes like we're all we all have weird things about us like we all have weird beliefs we all have beliefs and do things that are weird if not to everyone at least to someone yes which i think this episode sort of gets at but yeah back to your yeah. point yeah but it made so, me like her more when she was just like hey totally. so like you live in la cool what's that like you know i was like yeah, yeah. thank like, god this like, is actually this like, actually feels like legitimate like footage <laughs> of yeah. like a regular person having a conversation i don't know yes or again it could be all completely scripted uh who's to say so anyway so back to uh fake angela who now nathan has constructed a replica another replica of the house which they uh created for real angela to live in which of course was itself like sort of a fake house um i mean it's a real house but it's decorated and the out everything around it like from the fake snow to the fake garden in the backyard it's all fake but now he has to create a replica of that house so that he can practice his conversation with an actress playing angela um so so he's trying to confront angela about the fact that she's 
not actually taking this experiment, this rehearsal seriously, that she's, you know, just doing her own thing and just kind of like fooling around and, and whatever, just, you know, uh, when, when Nathan's not around and, and, and not actually performing her, her role. Uh, so they're in the kitchen and fake Angela says, so is this silly or is this something I should take seriously? And Nathan replies, it's silly and serious. I mean, it's complicated. Life can be more than one thing, right? Life's complicated. Um, and then he asks her why she's even there and she turns it back on him. And and for my money asks like the most honest and kind of like pointed question, uh, of the entire season. Uh, and she says, why are you here? Huh? Why are you doing this? Are you really trying to help me? Or am I the silly part that you talk about? Huh? Is my life the joke? Do you sit here with your friends at the end of the day laughing at me? And Nathan, obviously, like, very shaken by this, tries to reply, no, you're not the joke, not at all, no one's the joke. The situations are funny, but interesting, too. And this could be, you know, an opportunity to raise your kids, blah, blah, blah. And he's, like, kind of trying to spin it, and she just snaps and screams, just shut up, breaks the lamp on the floor, and says, you're a liar. Because if this were real, you would have some sort of emotion instead of standing there like a rock. And then there's like a pause where Nathan absorbs that. And she then asks him, do you want to feel something? Do you want to feel something real? And he pauses again, takes a deep breath, thinks about it and says, yeah. And she says, that's sad. You never will. No matter how hard you try, you never will. And then there's like, again, another pause while Nathan, like the full weight of that, like, you know, hits him. And then he replies, okay, maybe we can try just a, a nicer version uh, of the scene <laughs> and breaks character and basically just like pulls the plug, pulls the cord because yeah. he can't handle it. Um, and again, it's like she fake Angela in that moment is, you know, basically acting as a as a fill-in for the audience uh yeah we are all for 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 you and me chris because we've been asking the same questions and trying to grapple with is nathan an absolute monster is he a villain or is he just like a guy who makes some funny you know uh prank reality tv show um but again i think uh very much um like the the performance by fake angela and again, props to the actress, um, Anna La Madrid. Um, the way she sells that, like it felt so real. Um, and it felt so like, and again, I know that like this is a TV show and I don't know like how much was like that all planned. Was Nathan acting or, you know, reacting to that, to those lines, like with any level of like sincerity um, or like real genuine reaction or was it all just completely, you know, scripted and and planned ahead of time? Like I'm sure it was, but, but also like he's fully sort of admitting to and and grappling with, um, yeah, with, with, again, with the questions that the audience has been posing and, and grappling with ourselves. Um, and it is like very unclear how he feels about all of this. And he's trying to, you know, he's trying to make his argument like, oh, well, yeah, whatever. It's a show and it's complicated and it's both funny and serious and it's just interesting. But like none of it 
it's not convincing at all when he's uh, making those points in in this argument with fake Angela. Like for my money, like her, like what the stuff that she's saying is so much more real and convincing, and yeah. um, and it does make me think, and it. It makes me think a lot uh, back to Nathan For You, his previous show, where, like, I really feel more and more like the people on that show were just jokes to him. And um, it also made me realize, like, a big difference between that show and the rehearsal is how many people he would... Like, each episode of Nathan For You was at least two... I mean, there were some, like... You know, um, obviously the final one, Finding Francis, and, like, The Claw of Shame. Like, there were a couple, like, you know, sort of special episodes that were just one storyline. Um, but most of the episodes, Nathan, for you, he's cycling through at least two, sometimes three, you know, different business owners. Um, and he's just churning through these characters, you know. Um, and there was a really good uh, BuzzFeed article Um where they t- where they uh, reference um, the uh, the monster of the week, which is a, a reference to like X Files. How like every episode X Files would have like a new mm-hmm. weird you know alien yep. or or evil villain or whatever that they had to uh, you know contend with, and like that that was very much the the vibe of Nathan for you, where each episode was like a new weirdo wacko that Nathan got to you know kind of make fun of and create ridiculous situations where like yeah he was the butt of the joke he was making fun of himself but like at the end of the day he was in control and he was playing a character but the people on the show the real people were not playing characters they were just trying to do whatever they had to do to gain some kind of fame or money or whatever it was for their business and their lives anyway the rehearsal is not like that um and i kind of love the show for that that instead of having angela like Clearly, on some level, Angela is the butt of a joke, and clearly they casted Angela because she's eccentric and weird and has insane, uh, to you and me at least, views about Satanism and whether or not Halloween is uh, (laughs) a devil's holiday or, you know, uh, just, you know, down to, like, the way she dances and the way she, like cuts noodles on a fucking frying pan to make sure if they're done or not. Um, And, like, so many little details and stuff are like very clearly for comedy uh, about her um but instead of churning through her i mean yeah there have been a f- couple other like sort of just single episode side characters like robin obviously is the kind of like the most infamous now and patrick and of course uh remember core skeet from episode one which feels like a completely different show um so he did churn through like a few different people but like for the most part angela became like the whole show like she and in a way like so she is the butt of a joke, but at least she's not like we're spending enough time with her that I think, as you alluded to, Chris, we are getting to know her a little bit better and kind of feel a little bit like she's, I don't know, like we're starting to kind of grapple with her side of the equation a lot more than what I think we yeah. ever did um, on Nathan for you. Cause it was just, you didn't have time with a character enough time to spend to like really get to know them. Cause it was like literally like 10 minutes and then it was on to the next character, you know? Um, so I kind of like that. Sorry, I was just rambling for a very long time. No, no, it's all good. (laughs) So I'll pick up where you left off, which is this, and I want to throw this kind of back at you and hash it out a little bit. But, um, I do feel like, you know, it's, it's weird to think this and say this about someone that you and I, Ben would both agree has like some like oddball and like harmful 
views in Angela. Like, I think we would both say um, Angela's views about Judaism are like, at best, like, complicated and bad and at worst like maybe Mm anti-semitic like so we i think we you and i would agree that like the truth is probably somewhere in the middle of those two things like Mm -hmm. even if she's not anti-semitic it's at least pretty problematic yeah (laughs) we would say her views of judaism are pretty problematic right yeah and also yeah like yeah sorry weird i feel weird saying this about angela in the context of the show but it does feel like Nathan and the show in a way are kind of punching down. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like she is the butt of the joke. And I was talking with uh, Ryan about this the other day and I was saying like, what's interesting is that we don't need to, she makes herself look foolish enough on her own. Like we don't need the uh, narrator of the show and the executive producer of the show, like doing a commentary on it. Like, mm. like we, 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 the audience can make our own determinations about how to feel about her. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like at times Nathan, and it's not just with Angela, it's with like all of the people on the show that he is punching down mm. as opposed to punching up. And, Normally, I would say, and that's why I find the show extremely annoying or condescending or something like that. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is I found in this episode that Nathan was both punching down at Angela. And then in the end, he sort of winds up being the person that gets served his own medicine. Yes. Because there's there's a punching down on Nathan in the final beat of the episode. So yeah. if we think of punching down in this sense of like, there's this person, there's this character, Angela, on the show. She has some sort of extremist and like outlier religious views that we would frown on and call problematic. She's basically intolerant of Jews. Mm-hmm. That's like the, that's the idea. And Nathan is sort of punching down at that. Mm-hmm. He's punching down at someone who has sort of... um non-mainstream views Mm -hmm. whether we agree with those views or not is sort of beside the point we sort of generally i think as an audience feel like it's not okay just to make someone make fun of someone for having different feelings yeah you know um and it this all comes full circle in the final beat when nathan um angela leaves the show nathan reconnects with the um with the Jewish uh, counselor, tutor. Miriam. They're yeah. go- Miriam, they're going through some Jewish rituals with their son. Everything is feeling really good. It seems like Nathan has learned to sort of embrace his cultural and religious heritage. And so he's talking with Miriam at like the kitchen table in the final beat of the scene. And she's like asking him his views on Israel. Yeah. <laughs> and the Palestine <laughs> like, problem. Yeah. As in the Israeli-Palestine <laughs> problem. Yeah. And she's and like, you, you, have a, see- you have a platform. You need to speak out. And yeah, yeah talk, she's like, talk yeah, about- yeah, you need to, now that you're with us, the Jews, yeah. you need to publicly, um, you know, def- like defend yeah, the state of Israel. Celebrate the state of Israel and yeah, yeah, advocate for Zionism and yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about all the great things that, that Israel is. And like literally like talking about how like... <laughs> 
they they like give warnings to civilians before dropping bombs uh in territories uh and (laughs) and like and then she's like so you know how do you feel and nathan's just sitting there just like clearly uh, well you know i i mean it's kind of complicated and then of course like the joke being like he he thought that he got rid of the problem by making angela leave and has invited in just the same kind of problem that he had before Right, 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 yeah. So, I don't know, I thought that was kind of like a redeeming moment and an interesting yeah. moment. And I thought that was honestly the thing that made the episode work yeah. and gave it some, like, some like closure and it actually made me feel, like, okay about the episode. Was yeah. that, like, the moral of that story, the moral of that episode is, like, yeah, maybe it's not okay to make fun of people or to ostracize people, whatever the religious beliefs are, because ultimately all religions sort of embrace terrible things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and people, complicated. all and... people do terrible things in the name of every religion. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't pick one religion and say it's superior to, to another because ultimately you're sort of embracing the thoughts and actions of terrible people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, the button on that was, just perfect uh and um again i still think it like even though right there's so much punching down at angela and of course like robin and patrick like all those uh characters you know are are obvious like just you know again they're they're cast and they're selected for their you know ridiculousness and also their you know sort of like they're ridiculous in in fascinating ways um you know they're not just like i don't know like uh one-dimensional um characters um but it also just kind of reaffirms that like nathan is subjecting himself to this stuff just as much as his subjects and in a way, I do feel like the show is a lot more honest and open. And yeah, he's still like in control. And he's still playing a character, and, and therefore, like, it's like how how vulnerable really are, is he being? Because he's exposing himself, and he's kind of like admitting to these flaws. He's showing all of his warts and his, you know obvious manipulation and lying and also just like cowardice um uh i love one of the little details that that i love in the show is how when they have the the big argument with fake angela um Mm -hmm. at the end when she says uh you know just shut up and she breaks the lamp on the floor and at the very end of that scene um after nathan's like uh yeah okay like cut like let's try that again like maybe nicer (laughs) um there's a lingering the camera lingers on the broken lamp on the floor and then in the real conversation that he has with real angela it obviously is like way less uh combative it's you know real angela to her credit i think is like a lot more composed and uh, you know, kind of calm. Not that like, I think fake Angela was like totally justified. And if real Angela had gone that route, it would have been totally, you know, justified. Um, but instead, uh, real Angela takes a much more, you know, measured approach. And it's just like, you know what? I'm going to leave. Uh, this isn't really for me anymore. Like, thanks so much for the opportunity. Goodbye. 
And then she leaves and Nathan sits there and has a sip of tea from his mug. And then the camera cuts to the lamp on the little side table. And the lamp is just perfectly intact uh, and sitting there. And it's like, it for, to me, it just kind of like uh, symbolized how, at, you know, at every point, Nathan chooses the easy way. At every point, Nathan chooses non-confrontation he yes. chooses to, yeah, basically just take, like, the most comfortable, like, and it reminded me of episode one when he's giving his quote-unquote confession to Core at the very end. And for one shot, he he confesses uh, to fake Core that he fed him the trivia answers and fake Core blows up at him and calls him a horrible person. And then it cuts back to him talking to real Core and his confession is just that he thinks he's a great guy. So he just ch- completely chickens out. Um S- so there's this there's this um fake Angela and Nathan have this rehearsal early in the episode before this like big blowout argument and she says this one thing and I wrote it down where she says this is your project it's not mm. like I really have a say. Yeah. And it struck me because I think a lot of the uh actors people who've been on the show have sort of said as much after they have left which is like Ultimately, you know, it's like when you have a job, like Ben, at your job, ultimately, regardless of what crazy idea your boss comes up with, you are ultimately in the business of like self-preservation. So even if your boss has some crazy project that he or she wants to put you on, (laughs) you keep those private thoughts to yourself. And ultimately what you say is Ben, like, yeah, boss, sounds great. Yeah. Uh, Sounds sounds great. I love that idea. I'll yeah. get right on it. Yeah, yeah. sounds great. I'll oh, get right on it. If you think that's good, yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah. Because ultimately, I want to keep getting paid. <laughs> yeah. I need to get keep getting paid, and I'm not in. It does not serve me to fight with mm-hmm. you or to make an argument with you. So I'm going to try to make this as smooth as possible and basically be a yes man. Yep. And. Ultimately, you know, like when you think about Angela, real Angela's reaction in that scene where she decides to be like, yeah, I'm just going to leave the show. I'm sure there was part of her that like maybe would have honestly flipped out at him, like if it were a different situation. But the truth is that like it does not serve like put your thinking cap on like it doesn't serve that person to make a big stink and scream at this guy about how manipulative he is Mm -hmm. and how he's taken advantage of her. It serves her best to play it like a pro and like, just be like, yeah, thanks for the experience. I'm going to leave the show and shake your hand Mm -hmm. like really professionally. Yeah. You want to burn any bridges on your way out. Everyone knows that. Like, no, especially do another job in the future. Yeah. Especially if you're like maybe interested in being a performer again and, and trying to get more jobs in the entertainment industry. Like you want to give this project, this image of yourself as like a, a person that was easy to work with. And so like there can be no real honest rehearsal or reaction in these situations because no one there's a vested interest that everyone has in self-preservation yeah which is also true in real life it turns out so in fact we are all lying and we are all performing in our day-to-day lives whether with our 
partners at home, if we have them, or with our bosses at work, uh, if we have them, or literally every interaction that we have in our lives, we're always making that calculation of being like, well, should I be completely honest and tell this person like the deepest the depths truth? of what I feel and think right now? Or should I, yeah, should I just be, take the path of least resistance yeah. and obviously like, you know, pick your battles when you need to and yada yada. But like, yeah, for the most part, we are all, <laughs> we are all rehearsers. Yeah. And something this episode, you were talking about it before, something that this episode really made me think about like a theme is like conflict and Nathan's relationship with conflict, our relationship with conflict as an audience, the audience's like inherent interest in seeing conflict drama on the screen, and part of Nathan's deal, it seems, on a personal level, is that he's bad at resolving conflicts, Mm -hmm. and bad at resolving conflicts in direct ways. Mm -hmm. And one of his artistic strengths it seems is like creating these elaborate workarounds you think about nathan for you the premise of the show is basically like what's the least sensible way to go about solving this person's (laughs) problem with their business or their life and during that conversation between nathan and angela about raising their son both christian and jewish as soon as he presents it and she pushes back he immediately just backs down And as soon as she says no, he's like, I want, Nathan says, I wanted everything to stay as calm as possible. And then he says to her, why don't we talk about something else? Um, (laughs) What's your favorite movie? And of course it turns out her favorite movie is Mel Gibson's Apocalypto. (laughs) Yeah. That was like, uh. it does seem like a central driving force of his work, not just this show, but also Nathan for you is his interest in not dealing with honesty, not just, not just not dealing with conflict. It's not, he doesn't want to have to be honest because an honest person would say, Hey, I'm actually really uncomfortable. And this situation, this conversation is not done yet. Yeah. Like actually I'm not, I'm not satisfied with just raising our son Christian. I I actually still really, really, really want to raise our kid Jewish. Right. That's what a normal, honest person would do, whereas Nathan Fielder in that situation backs down and secretly sneaks his son to a Jewish tutor and lies about him being at a swim practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it just makes... I had a a question for you. Sure. Um, Something I also love about the show, Nathan said this thing. um, So he sneaks out Adam to, out out of swim practice, and he's taking him to these, you know, Jewish, like Hebrew lessons. And he says at one point, I hadn't been to synagogue in years because it's so boring. (laughs) I love that line. I forgot about that. And I love that line. (laughs) And I think honestly, it's like incredibly personable and endearing. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of the things I love about the show so much is how brutally honest he can be. Yeah, sure. He's certainly like, you know, you have a feeling like what he's actually thinking at all times. Yes. Yeah. Like, and, it's pretty clear how he feels about things. Yeah. And that's the reason everyone hasn't been to temple or church in years. Yeah. I mean, for various reasons, but the main reason 
you and I and everyone hasn't been to yeah. church, temple, whatever it is, it's because it's just so really boring. goddamn boring. Yeah. Why, who would uh, want to do that? Along with all the like political problems sure. with but those for the institutions. Most part, yeah. From, especially when you're a kid. it's just so yeah. boring. Yeah, yeah. So we can all really relate to the desire to like not want to be involved, but yeah. also... I think we can all relate to the desire to sort of want to reconnect and mm-hmm. share a piece of our personal like heritage and ancestry with a child. And I was thinking of you and like, I was wondering, could you relate to Nathan's feeling at all? Like, even if it's not religion, like, was there anything in your being a parent where you wanted to share something with your son you know what I mean? Like, even even if it seemed, like, weird or surprising to yourself, was there ever anything where you're like, hey, you're part of this family and something mm. that this family has always done and has we've always done this thing or we've always been a part of this thing is blank. Mm. Something that you, like, kind of discovered, do you know what I mean, that's on your question. feet as a first-time yeah. parent? Um, That's a really good question. I, I mean, we don't have... Because Nathan is not, like, inherently religious. You know no. what I mean? That yeah. That is what is sort of interesting here. It's like, it's not like he's some outspoken person who's, like, const- you know, always doing Jewish, like, you know, right. things or something. Again, he probably wouldn't have done any of this stuff in this episode if it weren't for the fact that his parents came to visit and brought it up. Yeah. And said, or, hey... And, and or also that, like his partner was outwardly Christian right. and it sort of prompted him to be like, Oh, actually I'm not Christian. Yeah. Maybe I should think about what I would want. You totally. Know? Yeah. Yeah. If she had been just like a, a, a secular, just, yeah. Like, you know, non, non-religiously focused person. I doubt, I, I very much doubt like that Nathan would be like, Oh, you know what we need to introduce into this household is, is Judaism. Um, but yeah, getting to your question, like, there's not that much, like, you know, we're not a religious household. Um, you know, there's like, I feel like probably for my parents or Kate's parents, there's like a little bit more of that of like wanting to, you know, maintain, especially like around holidays and stuff. Um, yeah. Just little traditions, you know, like. Yeah, I'm, just like family traditions, like are there things that like you were like, oh, you know, I guess I never thought about doing this, but now that I have a child, it is yeah. sort of. Maybe it would be cool for him to experience I mean, this thing with his cousins or this thing with his grandparents yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little... Um, I think maybe when he gets a little older, there's there'll be more of that. But he's like now at the age, like five and a half, like he's actually starting kindergarten in like a week and a half, which is crazy. Um, and so I think there's going to be like a shift where I think about this stuff a lot more. Like I think for a long time, I've kind of been in the like, oh, you know, like he's still pretty young and yeah obviously like he's at the age where you know he's certainly forming lifelong memories and stuff but um only in the past like year or two you know do you really focus on that i don't know so that's all to say like nothing major in terms of like tradition but probably stuff where i'm gonna be a lot more cognizant of like how he's going to remember these moments and um like, certainly what like do trying you want him to remember about this like, yeah do you want um, him to remember have um like a positive memory of this or like right what is this going to become a tradition for him and yeah but then you also have to balance that with like not trying to force too much stuff on a child and and like a, you know a, a big trap that, that i think a lot of parents fall into that i'm 
trying to be aware of is, you know, the urge to recreate your own childhood or relive your own childhood with your child. Um, And to feel like, I mean, I know this is going to be an issue once he starts getting old enough to watch like movies um, that I'm really personally into. Like, and like, imagine, like, I literally like, (laughs) this is going to sound crazy, but like, I honestly like fantasize about like the first time I'm going to like sit down with Teo and watch Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yeah. Um, and like, like that's going to be if like. he hates it? Like, yeah. Like what if exactly. he has totally different taste than you? Like I'm like, going to. Oh, this movie's garbage. That's going to be a moment that I've been like thinking about and dreaming about literally since the moment I found out I was going to have a son. <laughs> and like he might just be like this is lame and like go watch TikTok videos or whatever. And yeah. like I have to like brace myself for that and be like that's gonna be okay if that happens um yeah uh or yeah like the first time he watches uh whatever like uh um yeah lots of lots of movies or like or if he grows up to just have totally different views than you yeah well that's obviously like the deeper and way more terrifying uh concept or concerns that yeah like what if he's Turns out to be a horrible piece of shit who, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. Um, not even a horrible piece of shit. Like, or if, if, if he just has like, you know, if you grew up rooting for the Yankees and he grows up like a devout Red Sox fan, it's like, man. Yeah, that'd I be okay. I would, I would, that'd be fine. I would Do you know that. what I mean? But like yeah. the analogous versions of that, you right. can sort of I'd be more concerned quickly. if he grew up as like, uh, you know, conservative Republican or something like that, which I. But, but, but what, what if he did? He's still like. You know, like he's still your kid. Yeah, like, yeah, he would. I mean? He would like, technically still be my kid. Um, yeah, but that would that would be that would be challenging. You know, like I guess we just wouldn't talk about that stuff. But it would be like, I don't know. Um, I bet I you mean, would. Yeah, I bet you yeah. would just make fun of him. Yeah, probably. And he'd make fun of you. Yeah, I guess that's best case scenario. As as the child of someone with very different political views than his parents yeah and not just political views but like lots of views like i i I think people uh overestimate like or uh, underestimate like the power of love like people Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's it's just people are so stupid people like find the stupidest reasons to like not like yeah to create drama and division yeah it's like don't we just like each other like (laughs) don't we just want to hang out yeah yeah Yeah. i'm not worried about that I'm not either. Um, but yeah, it is, I don't know. I wonder, it's funny cause I, I sort of imagined that I guess in episode four, they get a little bit more into like the parenting aspect. It's funny how like little like parenting has actually been a part of the show. Like on a surface level, like, yeah, like obviously like the Adam character has been, you know, important and central and, uh, obviously, like, the overdose scene. Um, I, I feel like episode four, I guess, maybe was more focused on that. Even though episode five is about, like, oh, how we're raising our son. Like, And you see a little in the beginning, of course, of, like, <laughs> the whole, like, Dr. Fart uh, scene and eating the poop, which was incredible. I thought that um, was so cute. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so cute. Um, and you see... Uh, so, like, in those moments, that's where I found, like, a hole in the logic of the show a little bit. Obvi- obviously the show has so many logical holes, but like one is just kind of like, yeah, you know, I also just feel like Angela and Nathan probably wouldn't have a child together. Like I think they're, well, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> which is yeah exactly and also like my, like, own, my own bullshit detector was just kind of like eh, i don't yeah. know i just feel like one of these two people would be like eh, maybe i shouldn't have a child with this person but also yeah. that's also life though too though like sometimes you have a child with someone and then realize later like oh i actually have like a lot of differences with this person yeah like, really not that similar so i don't know it's also just a completely like sometimes you we like lose sight of this amidst all the other insane shit that's like, happening. It would in the be show. insane if you had a child and then learned that your partner was like a raging anti semite or something. You'd be like, oh yes. wow, I had no idea this was coming. Yeah. I, a Jew, like, of course, an, you know, yeah. And Angela like but, raises that point. She's like, uh, you know, like I wouldn't like if this were real, like I wouldn't be married to a Jew, um, right? Uh, or my partner wouldn't be Jewish. Um, so she she very much like uh, you know uh, shines a light on that, but but also just to remember like you know when you're like oh you know there's not as many scenes of Angela or Nathan like sort of like really trying to connect to the child and like parent the child, and then you remember like because the child isn't a it's like twenty children like yes the reason why they they we don't have a real handle on like the child as a character is because the it's a bunch of different child actors who are like you know there for what like three days and then it's a new age altogether and then each age has multiple like i don't even know the number i've completely lost track of the number of actual actors they would have to hire for this experiment um but yeah of course it's like insane to like you know such a central element of parenting is like getting to know your child and like connecting with them and like understanding their personality and their needs and their habits and their desires and all that fears and everything and of course like none of that is happening on a show where you're using a swapping in and out child actors every four hours like it's completely ludicrous um so yeah like again just to remind everyone of like which then leads me to think like well then is this all just pure absurdist comedy like is there anything real to take from this like all the stuff about like whether or not nathan can like feel something real and like you know is life silly or is it serious it can be both it's complicated like is all that stuff kind of just like window dressing to make people think that this is a deep show, but in fact it's just ridiculous. And the and the and the final joke is actually that we're all sitting here analyzing the show so, so deeply. Yeah, um, like it it's be. so ridiculous. Like think of what we're talking about. <laughs> like every time I like try to recap, a I know, dude. Every plot time, point, I, every time I, it hits me I anew. find myself like in some like deep conversation or like thought exercise with you about this show. Then, like, you show me, like, the zoomed-in photo of Angela standing in front of, like, a police department. Oh, um, yeah. There's, that placard. was a v- v- very strange detail. The, all the fake... Like, I couldn't That's, tell, it, too. It, that was, like, was that a fake photo or a real thing that they went and it's did? It's just so funny. Like, there's so much gag humor, like, yeah. where you're just like, all right, this is just funny, though. Like, yeah. whether, I can, whether I should be taking this seriously or not, like, it's undeniably very funny at times. Yeah. When... The, when Adam is like coming back from his fake swimming lesson and he's like, yeah. And a lifeguard had a red whistle and he was from Ukraine and then, uh, or something like that. And, and Nathan is like, okay, that's enough. Like, and he like quickly like yeah. hurries him along because he knows he's like yeah. telling too many specific details for, yeah. for the thing to work, to be convincing. Um, yeah. All the, uh, all this, and like the way he's like, 
you know, Angela's like, like, Jewish people wear this special hat, but Christians don't. You, uh, Christians oh, yeah. Don't. You're are a you Jew Jewish or you're Christian? Christian? And he's like, I'm a Jew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. There's a lot. There's still, like, so many moments that are just hilarious. And, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's just so, so ridiculous that just the fact that I'm thinking about this show so much is, like, the the, the ultimate joke, really, because... I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, also one more little note, uh, in case anyone didn't catch it. Um, one of my favorite little details is the, uh, framed scripture on the wall, um, which is a little Bible, a a Bible quote from Esther 414, uh, quote, perhaps this is the moment for which you were created. That is the, the, the line that's framed and hanging on the wall of the house that they're in. Um, Presumably to you know make Angela feel at home around uh, with some some scripture displayed, but yeah, that's one where I was like, perhaps this is the moment for which you were created, and of course, like you know, there's there's some some depth to that if you analyze it. Like, uh, is Angela created? Was all of this created for Nathan, uh, or was he created to? create this show i don't know that one that one made me think a little bit um but uh what do we do we have any any uh i, I think uh initially when we were talking about this uh oh, recording yeah, chris we were we were talking about uh predictions and x factors for the finale because yeah to be clear there is one there's only one episode left in, the, in this yeah, finale season um, um geez do I, I i admit i i'm totally unprepared here no predictions any x factors I mean, it seems like Robin is the ultimate X Factor. Like, if Robin were, were to come back, that would <laughs> oh be sort of an X Factor. Oh, my God. The return of Robin, that would definitely be an X Factor. Yeah. Unexpected X Robin's Factor. Robin's revenge. If Robin gets some revenge. In yeah. The, if he drives sort of his Scion TC into the house. Um, yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I am very curious how the Fielder Method students are utilized in mm. episode six. Yeah, that's that's something I'm keeping. That's in mind. true. They're I lingering. That, They're lingering. In the I background. love the incorporation of the Fielder Method students throughout the last few episodes, including being. I know that Nathan would cringe at me saying this, but they're back. They're background actors at the bar. Mm-hmm. Nathan, of course, um, being the. Um, you know, being like the acting school guru would say, like there are there are no small actors; there are only small parts. Of course, yeah. but but they are functionally um, extras, like yeah. in the background at the bar. Um, but even for that, I love that he like flies them in for that. Yeah, I know. Flies and them in like for that, paying them presumably yes. to like pretend to be bartenders and pizza makers. And something I also really loved about that scene if you look when he's like walking around the bar, it's like how like gay and happy he is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he seems genuinely like, excited to have his own bar. Oh, he seems like an excitable bar owner. Yeah. Like he's like shaking hands with people. Yeah. It's like, and yeah, it's so, f- it's so funny to me because it's like, again, he is ostensibly paying people to act like his friends. Yeah. Yeah. He is paying people to act like they're enjoying being around him. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, he's also paying people to 
allow him to rehearse the role of being a parent uh like as as ridiculous and obviously like illogical as the whole scenario of the experiment is like presumably like i don't know i wonder if part of it was like maybe deep down like maybe he thought he could learn something um there was one article uh recap that i read i forget where um at this point because they're all blurring together in my head but Someone brought up the um, the Nathan Freeview episode, The Hunk, where mm-hmm. he has he that that's one where he's in fact the subject of the experiment because his problem is that he's very anxious and shy around women, so he creates a fake dating reality show uh, with himself, The Hunk, um, as the you know titular character, and he has to, and he's basically like he creates this whole elaborate fake show. Um, to put himself in situations where he can talk to women and the women will, you know, attempt to woo him and all this stuff and laugh at his uh, jokes and all that. And then at the very end, he kind of calls it off and realizes like, okay, I think I, I got out of that all I needed. Um, which is like, yes, a hilarious setup for a comedy show, but like deep down, I'm like, did he actually like benefit from that? Like, did he use that experience in some way? I mean, I don't know. Again, yeah, like, of course, Nathan, the real person, is benefiting tremendously from all of this. He's making a lot of money and garnering a lot of fame and accolades for himself. And um, so clearly he is getting quite a lot out of this whole experiment uh, for himself. But yeah, like... I wonder kind of like how deep it goes and like if he is, I don't know if there's like a part of him that is like actually like, mm, maybe I could learn something from all this. I mean, obviously like I think, probably not. I think you, you uh, know better, you know better than anyone as an editor. Like I think Nathan and the, um, the structure and like the format of this show is truly like in the editing room, he is learning a lot and finding narrative and all of the voiceover and all of the narrative structure and shaping of the show, you know, you, you find that stuff way afterwards, you know, when you you shoot a, when you shoot a movie and you're, you know, shooting a film script and scene one is supposed to look like this and scene two is supposed to look like this. There's a real blueprint of like, basically what the film will kind of look like and sound yeah. like. And you know the structure what you need going in, yeah. I think with something like this, again, as as you know, that someone, as someone that like looks at raw footage all day, like you really are the filmmaker. You're not, you're not really the editor. You're the person kind of creating story structure. Mm-hmm. And I think Nathan, if you got him to speak truthfully would tell you like he doesn't know what the show is going to be about and he doesn't know what he's going to have to say about it. He just mm. creates these sort of unusual situations, captures as much footage as humanly possible because he's a megalomaniac and just like a maniac reviews all the footage himself. Oh my and God. then I wonder so, to, so much like how many, like, I wonder how many editors he has helping him. Like, yeah, like that's the like thing. I looked at the credits, footage. and there's only like a you know two or three editors per episode. But just the number, the sheer volume of footage that has to be like watched down 
Yeah, like, I mean, reality TV, I will say, um, some of the best film and TV editing I've ever seen oh, is yeah. done in reality TV. Oh, and it's incredible. It's an art form. Just because, like, if nothing else, those people have to comb through so much footage. Yeah, it's and just, to create a plot with a beginning, middle, and end, and, like, yes. narrative tension, and then a Again, payoff. Again, unscripted, unscripted, so you have no yeah. guide of, like... And of hey, course, the, yes, it's story manipulated and the subjects are guided into situations and all this stuff, but you're still, oh, at the end yeah. of the day, you're not writing an entire thing beforehand. No, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm I, very curious how episode six, the finale, is going to turn I out. I can't imagine like how he's going to like stick this landing. I'm already like kind of bracing myself for disappointment, but I also, I don't know, obviously... Uh, yeah, we're all very, very, uh, um, anticipating. You know, anti- yeah, highly anticipating. Not very anticipating. Highly anticipating. Um, all right, Ben. Well, I think we should wrap it up here. Um, thanks for listening, as always, to Swish FM. <laughs> Swish FM, uh, the basketball podcast. The basketball where we podcast. Talk for an hour about the rehearsal. The rehearsal. Um, baby Ugh. whammy if you're listening you know the deal rate review the show in apple spotify stitcher yep. or really pretty baby simple apps, yep. whatever baby apps you're using to get podcasts these days grab yourself some baby merch at swishfm.com mm-hmm. uh, and yeah ben uh pleasure as always i'm looking forward to the season finale of the rehearsal i'm sure we'll have a lot to say about it next week always fun to do the pod and uh yeah one more to go and uh I mean, my God, I can't even imagine. Do we know how long it's going to be? Is it a half hour, a regular half hour? Or is it going to be an hour? I, I would imagine it'll be a bit, bit longer. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. This Friday night, folks. I guess it, they it. drop at eleven p.m. Is that right? Um, have you been watching it live? No, I have not been. I try to watch it like as soon as I can. I probably won't be able to watch it on Saturday because I have family visiting. But certainly by the end of the weekend, I'll I'll, I'll yeah. find some time. Yeah. Um. All right. Until then. Later, man. You can listen to Switch. 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 Switch.